Hi, I'm Craig Turner, host of the Founders for Good podcast. I've spent years working in the tech for good space, and in that time I've had the privilege of interviewing inspiring impact founders, and I want to share those conversations with you. Why? Because these are the people leading the way when it comes to solving the world's most pressing issues, from climate to homelessness to health to education and much more. In these conversations, I dig into why these issues exist, possible solutions, how the founder and their business is approaching the problem, and their best kept secrets on how to build a for good company. My hope is that this will inspire you to be part of the solution and do your bit in making the world a better place. Thanks for tuning in to the Founders for Good podcast. Robin Ferris is the CEO and founder of Banquet. With the cost of living crisis and inflation, food poverty in the UK is at its worst. This year, 9.3 million people in the UK will experience food insecurity. And in the last year, 1 million people have used food banks for the first time. Volunteering in his local food bank, Robin saw firsthand the challenges that food banks face and how they would struggle to meet the continued increasing demand. Robin wanted to build a tech platform that would make it easy and simple for people to donate whilst making their money go further and also making sure food banks got the food and items they needed when they needed them. In 2019, Banquet was born with the vision for no one in the UK to go hungry. Since then, they've partnered with over 300 food banks across UK and delivered over 2.8 million food and household items to help tackle food poverty. Hey, Robin. Pleasure to have you on the show. How are you? Hi, Craig. Doing well, thank you. Good to see you. Thank you so much for having me on. No, no, no of course. Um, so look, today we're talking about banquet um, and the topics of like food poverty and, and food banks. Um, and first, I just want to explore this space a little bit more by spending some time looking at the, the problem, I guess, from two perspectives. Um, those that like need and use food banks and then the actual food banks themselves. Um, so first of all, for those who use food banks, um, I guess a term that we're seeing more and more and hearing a lot in the news is, is like food poverty. Um, and I was wondering if you could start off by explaining or defining like what food poverty is and, and giving some insights into like the state of food poverty in the UK, like how many people are living in food poverty. Yeah, so um, my name is Robin. I'm the founder and CEO of Banquet. We first described Banquet as the UK's first zero-waste food donation platform. And we're on a mission to um, help food banks get what they need when they need it and to make it easier for donors to give. So the high-level problem you've mentioned there is that our vision is to um, tackle hunger in the UK. So we want to be in a a position where no one... um, goes hungry. So food poverty simply means um, not having enough food. So the proliferation of food banks in the UK is because you know, millions of people every year are, are going uh, without food. And I guess um, to, to kind of paint a picture of the harsh reality of, of um, what it's like to be in a situation where you do need to rely on food banks, like for someone listening what are the kind of daily decisions or sacrifices families are having to make that are struggling to to have enough food? Yeah, so I suppose the, the last couple of years has brought it to light more than ever before, right? So um, during the national lockdowns and COVID, rewinding a couple of years, there were about 4 million people needing to go and use food banks through that period. Of that, like 2.3 million um, of those were children. So people are facing a number of issues which result in them having to use a food bank, right? So if you think um, all the economic issues at the minute that are happening, the cost of living crisis means that um, people just, the numbers at the end of the month just don't stack up for lots of people. 
So um, rising food costs affected us, has affected us all. Um, mortgage or rent payments, you have people in work who are finding themselves having to use a food bank. So these people, there are food banks um, across the UK where some are called, you know, eat or heat. People are, to your point there, right, people are facing the horrible challenge of like, are they going to heat their home or are they going to to um, to eat? And so people faced with that choice end up using a food bank. And then the other things that have happened, you know, in the last 12 months of the impact of the Ukraine crisis, Brexit, crippling um, inflation, all of these things, it's just, it's just getting much worse. In the last year, there's research that shows that up to a million people more have used a, f- a food bank for the first time. So there's already people having to use food banks, but in the last year, up to a million people are using a food bank for the first time because they just haven't got enough food. You know, there was, there was people in work, so people in respectable professions like nurses, teachers, um, and policemen and women. These people are finding, you, you see the headlines about these people end up having to use a food bank. So there's a whole changing demographic, sadly, of people that are facing those horrible choices. We've seen an increase um, in some of the research we did this year in March, the Banquet Cost of Living Survey. So this is us recognizing actually we've got a bit of a voice now with all the food banks that we are representing. And the food banks were telling us that um, they're seeing more single parent families um, coming in to, to use food banks too. So, you know, you mentioned at the call, you know, you're, you're a parent, you and your partner are looking after the kids together. There are families where they're not not, not as as lucky as, as, as you are, right? So that someone, someone's partner isn't around and those those families are like, right, that's like flip. You've got one income. How does it all work, you know? And the cost of living stuff is brutal, isn't it? If you think about it, you know, I've been saying <laughs> for the last four years, banquet is four this month. I've been saying for the last four years, now is the worst time for food banks, you know? And the, at the height of lockdown, that madness that we all experienced, that was the peak of it, peak of it all up to that point. And then now the cost of living has affected everyone, hasn't it? Probably everyone listening to this has probably been more affected by the cost of living crisis than maybe they were um, in COVID. You know, I, I've got sort of people in my network, oh, I was, I was better off after, after COVID because I was on furlough and yeah, you know, all my expenditure went down and I ended up better off. And then the cost of living, I don't think there's anywhere to hide, is there? It's kind of, it's actually a harsh reality for everybody. Uh, yeah, it's so true. I mean, there's lots of scary stuff you've just shared in there. Um, like all, all the new people that have to access food banks. But, and, and you said, you know, no matter who you are, like the cost of living has hit everyone. Like, like mortgages is the one that most of my friends talk about, like double, tripling the cost straight away on a monthly basis. It just wipes out a lot of well, any kind of surplus you may have on a month to, to spend on stuff. Um, if you uh, if you had to guess and, and like based on what you've seen in the last few years and, and what you think will happen next year or two, are you expecting the demand and, and like need for food banks to continue increasing over the next year or two? Sadly, yeah. I mean, the cost of living crisis highlights that people in no work in work are no longer able to afford the basics, right? So you've mentioned that people, if you have a mortgage, you know the interest rates going from the mortgage rates you know, up to six to seven percent. You know that's just astounding that's just crippling many people isn't it middle class families are like crikey we can't make this add up at the end of the, of the month all the support the government provided for energy stuff through the winter was great but that's now ended so you look ahead at this year and you're like right crikey okay what's going to happen if the government doesn't support people with energy um food banks can't keep up with demand 
you know, donations are falling. So that's the other point, right? If you think about a, I'm sure we can get into this, you know, food banks are, are reliant on people donating. So if all of us have had, if you wind back to, you know, up, up until COVID, the way you donate to a food bank is offline. And then banquet, you know, we launched eight months before COVID. And then people are able to, to enable people to donate food online. That's our, you know, that's our, that's what we do. But if you think during furloughs and COVID, people are like, actually, maybe I have got an extra 20 or 50 quid a month because I'm not going out. I can't go on holiday. I'm not doing anything. But those very same people now, like you've mentioned, right? You're like, crikey, my mortgage has just gone up like this to feed my family. It costs this. All of everything I touch costs me more money. Actually, maybe I can't afford to donate that x amount to a food bank or a charity per month so i think it's a double-edged sword really if like demand is going up higher than ever before to some of the other groups we've talked about right if like normal people having to use food banks but then the same folk that perhaps would be able to donate before are like oh gosh can we actually do that i mean you know that go into it think about you know your own family like you're like okay if my food bill's gone up like this and your mortgage has gone up you're like yeah probably we can't <laughs> Maybe we can't do a charitable giving or as much as we did before. So, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. And you sort of think, you know, some food banks tell us that, you know, when the Ukraine situation happened, um, they would tell us that they saw a lot of sort of Ukrainian families coming to the UK using a food bank because the food banks sort of right are on the front line, you know, so people go, they don't, they can't get, um, public funding or universal credit or anything like that come to the UK and then food banks kind of you know, support them for a short time as well. So it's, it's already brutal. Um, you know, and many people fall through the gaps, you know, the government provision isn't robust enough in some senses. There are lots of people that do fall through the gaps there. Um, so yeah, it's going to get worse. I think sadly before it gets better, you know, there are more people now using food banks than ever before. And you think, you know, what's going to happen this winter? I think it's going to be horrible. And and you you kind of started to share a bit there about the food banks and some of the the, the pressures and, and things that they face. Um, I was hoping you could paint a picture of actually like what a food bank is and, and how they work. So I think for a lot of us, um, you'll see kind of the food bank drop, food bank drop off points probably in the local supermarket, uh, which is what I typically use. And, and then I think hopefully most of these list, the listeners will be people that have probably volunteered at a food bank at some point. Um, but can you just describe a little bit about kind of like what the average food bank looks like? Like who's running it? How many people needed to run a food bank? How many people could they be supporting? Where the food's coming from? All that kind of good stuff. Okay, so a food, a food bank exists to provide emergency food aid provision. In the UK, there are around 3,000 known food banks. And I say known, those food banks would be a part of either the Trestle Trust Network or the Independent Food Aid Network. But there are many others that wouldn't necessarily identify. So there are known food banks in those networks, around 3,000. But in reality, there are a couple of thousand more in the UK. So through through COVID, for example, many brilliant people set up emergency food banks um, to help people, and then, you know wouldn't have had time to officially go through the process of joining one of those uh, institutions. Um, so there are thousands in the UK. How it works is typically in, in 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 the UK, people would go and be referred to a food bank by a food referral service. So that could be uh, the Department of Work and Pensions, that could be Citizens Advice, 
That could be a church, a GP, some schools are doing this. And that's where uh, an individual couple or a family have fallen on hard times and therefore we get a voucher from a referral agency. And so that would enable someone to go to a food bank and get basic food provision. And that, that ranges from three to seven days, uh, depending on, on what's available in the, in the food bank and officially for sort of three, three visits. So if someone uh, lost their job, they're like, okay, I'm between jobs, my intention is to find a job, they may get uh, government support in the form of universal credits. That's sort of the basic provision that the state provides. And alongside that, they may be entitled then to say, okay, you can, you can, you're unemployed, you can use a, a food bank. So it's the food referral agencies, of which there are about 200 in the UK, would be involved in that. Most food banks in the UK operate on that model. So it's the referral model. So the Trestle Trust food banks would say that. So you're, you're on the system, uh, you get you get other support. And uh, there are a handful of food banks that are non-referral. So it's sort of no questions asked. You can walk in and get food if you wish. Um, but most of them happen on a sort of referral basis. And what a food bank um, has in terms of like stock, if you will. So they will have an inventory, which is largely similar to what you have would have in your own home. So that would be um, sort of household goods, um, cleaning products, toiletries, obviously food. And you'd get given out ambient food largely. So tinned goods, things with a long shelf life for lots of reasons. You know, some food banks aren't able to, have refrigeration or freezers. So typically it's ambient goods that an individual couple or family will be given when, when they're in a food bank. Um, and the donation process is sort of what, what, what Banquet does. So up until COVID, that was largely offline. So you'd see in a supermarket, probably after you've done your shop, you'd see a collection point for your local supermarket. And that's where the food banks would ask for certain things. So, um, we can get onto how banquet started, but that's a problem we exist to, 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 to solve, right? So what happens is food banks get given a lot of the wrong things because the, the, the donation channel is offline. And then F banquet is trying to modernize the food bank supply chain to ensure that they get the right things. So food banks don't get an oversupply of pasta, baked beans and cereal, but they get uh, perhaps size six nappies or tin tomato soup. So my, my experience of this, I was volunteering at food banks in London. Um, prior to this, I worked in the music industry and I saw, witnessed the change of like CDs to streaming. And when I started volunteering in food banks, you know, this is back in 2018, right? I saw the rising headlines of now is the worst time for food banks, more people going hungry than ever before. You know, this year, nine, 9.3 million people in the UK experienced food insecurity. So the numbers are just skyrocketing. And I decided to start Banquet to help food banks. So on one level, more and more people are going hungry. If people are going hungry, where do they go to go food? Well, they go to a food bank. So I started volunteering at a food bank. And I saw this problem in front of my eyes of like, okay, I'm looking at a year's worth of pasta, baked beans and cereal. Not bad things at all. We've all got them in our cupboard. But the, 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 sort of that's because the donation channel is quite old school. You know, you do your weekly shop in Asda, Tesco, Sainsbury's, you buy stuff for your wife and family, you probably drop a few things in the basket and you're like, oh, I've done a good thing, I'm going home. What that means is for the food bank, they get an oversupply of certain things. So a food bank is looking for a broad range of inventory, right? 
So a food parcel is approximately about 30 items. So you'd have, you know, tin tuna in there, tin potatoes, you'd have some carrots, tin veg, fruit, shower gel, toilet rolls, you know, nappies if you've got kids, all of that stuff, right? That's what goes in a food parcel. Probably slightly misleading that it's a food bank because there are household things as well. Um, and how Banquet helps is that we make sure that the food banks get the right stuff at the right time by taking that donation uh, process online. Yeah, no, thank you for talking through all of that. Yeah, because I've I've volunteered in food banks. I've seen how like some of these problems as well, and also doing the research for this podcast, like it just opened your eyes to um, through no one's fault, but just a lot of inefficiencies in the system. Because a lot of these food banks kind of, as I said, operate in isolation, so you know they don't have a lot of control over what's coming into them. Um, they don't really have connections with other food banks, so they can kind of share stuff around. So it's hard to make it work. Um, so there was like an obvious problem there that needed to be solved. In terms of, I mean, you, you just kind of explained how Banquet started out and, and like you seen the need for the problem. Um, can you talk through like, you know, what the first year looked like? So you kind of, you know, you'd worked in food banks, you'd seen this problem, you'd seen that like obviously needed to be some kind of solution. Like, in terms of how you actually went from that to starting to solve it and, and like think about like what will fix this problem the most? What, yeah, what were you doing that first year? Yeah, so my professional background before joining Banquet is that I worked in the music industry for 10 years and then film and TV. So I'm of the age where I remember like the first iPhone coming out and I was working at Island Records at the time where we broke Amy Winehouse. And in a space of about three years, I went from like, oh, CDs through to streaming, you know, Spotify and everyone, everyone listening to this, you know, we're probably listening to it on Spotify or another uh, streaming platform, right? Um, and so I sort of saw, and not, I'm not a tech person necessarily, even though I'm a tech CEO, I'm not a developer. I can't write code, but I can see the power of technology and how that can address food poverty and improve supply chain. So you just talked about that, right? Food banks aren't linked together. They haven't necessarily got a view on the right stuff. Technology at a high level, I suppose tech just connects people, doesn't it? You know, we're doing this podcast um via a video link right it's just so easy to connect with people so what banquet is trying to do um the i i was in my late 30s i was sort of thinking okay i'd sort of had a lovely career in entertainment i was really thankful for that i live in hackney in east london um and i'd seen the rising headlines of like food bank use people going hungry and I thought, well, what, what am I doing to have to help with about that? So I sent a, uh, I was doing a different job at the time. I set up a collection point with some mates in Hackney on uh, Hackney Road in a local co-op. And we just took the stuff that we knew the local food bank wanted and, and took that to Bow Food Bank on the platform. And while doing that, and then I started volunteering at Wandsworth Food Bank. And I'm sitting there in the warehouse going, hold on a minute. We've got a year's worth of pasta, baked beans and cereal but yet we need size six nappies and we need tin tomato soup. You know, I don't have kids. I wouldn't have known necessarily at that point to donate um, nappies. Probably could have worked out we needed tin tomato soup, but, you know, based on the fact they needed an, an average sort of inventory of these things and applying what I'd seen um, in, in the music industry of like, you know, I remember the times when the iPod ad came out, right? And it's like, oh, we put a thousand songs in your pocket and this is the new thing. Now with streaming platforms, it's like a hundred million songs and they're, and they're not getting started. So I was like, how do we apply this technology in uh, a way that can reduce food waste and can apply efficiencies, modernize the food supply chain and help more people, right? 
So Banquet was born uh, so at the end of 2018, 2019, I was volunteering Wandsworth Food Bank. We uh, ran our first pilot in July 2019. And at that point, we we're trying to say, okay, can we get people to switch from donating in a uh, supermarket collection point? So in, I suppose startup language would be, you know, you're trying to ascertain switching radio r- ratios. So can you, with an Uber, for example, can you get people to switch from standing in the street hailing a black lab to opening their phone and doing it or in banquet's case you know a a lofty comparison there can you get people (laughs) to switch from i'm not comparing us to uber but getting my point right you're trying to (laughs) work out how many people can we get switch across from donating something in a supermarket after the point of you've done your own shopping to doing that online Right, so you recognise that everything you do is probably on your most most people listening to this are either digital natives or up on their technology. Right, so I use my mobile phone for a lot of things, so I I want to be digital first. So you know when we're taking stuff from a collection point on Hackney Road down to Bow Food Bank via my flat to sort it, I was like, why isn't there an online food bank? Why can't I donate these things? Every entrepreneur or um, startup founder will be thinking about that problem. Why can't technology makes my life easy, right? And so many things. Why can't I donate to a food bank the right stuff at the right time? Why can you not make it easy for me to give? So our first pilot was in July 2019, and that was with Wandsworth Food Bank. By the end of 2019, we had 10 food banks on the platform. Eight months after launching, we um, a little thing called COVID happened, and by that <laughs> point, we'd done. We'd done enough, right? You look back, anyone launching anything will tell you it all comes down to timing. And for Banquet, we'd done eight months in, we'd done enough to like do a pilot, a prototype, an MVP, whatever you want to do, like work out what what we're trying to do. So we say as a company that our mission is to get food banks what they need, when they need it, and to make it easy for donors to give. So the two parts of that are the logistics stuff we've talked on of like, you know, you've been in a food bank, you can see they're getting, haven't really got control of what donations are coming in because it comes from largely up until COVID. It was the four years ago, the, the donation channel was largely offline. It was random collections in a supermarket, a church or a school, someone walks something in. It's a bit, bit, bit chaotic. Then COVID happened and the world went online, didn't it? If you think roll back to those times, like, Everyone started using Zoom. Everything went digital. If you didn't have a digital strategy as a company, you might not even exist anymore. For us as a tiny startup, you know, we started 2020 with just me and a laptop and one friend volunteering as a developer. So to answer your question about what was the first year like, it was utterly mad, right? So we did our first uh, pilot on 2nd of July, where I was piloting our technology with Twitter with Wandsworth Food Bank. So can we get people, We these are the things we need on Twitter, linked to this page on Banquet, and we could see what people are donating. There are various iterations of our technology. How Banquet works now is that food banks request the things they need from us in advance, like a grocery shop that you, you would do for your family. Um, donors go onto the platform and donate 10, 20, 50, or 100 quid on a one-off or monthly basis. So you might say, okay, you said you live near one, you live near, um, Windsor Food Bank, one of the ones on our platform. You might say, right, we'll give, we'll give £20 a month to Windsor Food Bank, and that would mean whenever they wish to use those funds, 
um, they can on the right things, but you, you as a donor have always donated the right thing. So you donate 20 quid, they would log into our platform and say, right, please send us um, toilet rolls and olive oil. And we go and buy those in bulk and we deliver them directly to a food bank. So an offline donation might be, you know, the donor has to know what the food bank actually needs. Um, quantity could be is a separate issue, perhaps. You might say, okay, here's a tin of baked beans and one thing of olive oil. And you bought that at retail price and you put it in the basket in Tesco. You might be informed that might be the right thing. But often, often that's not the immediate need of a food bank. So anyone listening to this, you know, if you're donating offline, you know, do do give pasta and baked beans, but check with the the food bank. That's what they need. So they they do need those things, but it's often other things that are more pressing. So in our platform, for example, every week we see people log in, food banks say, oh, we need UHT milk and we need tin tuna and we need tin meat and we need toilet rolls, right? So I wouldn't have known necessarily before this to donate UHT milk because I have a fridge. Most people listening to this have a fridge. Food banks don't have refrigeration and freezers. So it's often UHT milk, which is long life and doesn't need refrigeration. The other notes is like I was in a food bank in South London and um, some ladies would donate tampons, but ladies in a different faith group wouldn't use tampons. They want sanitary towels. So you have a pile of tampons there, but actually something else is needed. And then, you know, there's six different types of, of, of nappy types. And when you get into it, you're like, oh, actually, the needs of a food bank are actually quite unique. So that's, that's how we do it. So 20, 2019, uh, we had 10 food banks on the platform by the end of that year. When COVID hit, I'll never forget this period, you know, February to March 2020. Donations via the platform went up by over 5,000% month on month. You know, we'd started that year thinking like anyone running a startup or, or, or social impact company would like we want to grow this year. This is, can we, can we by the end of the year? We started with 10 food bands. Perhaps we could support 50 by the end of the year. By the end of that year, we'd, we had 100 food banks on the platform. It was generally a bit of a blur for me from sort of March till July, August time. Um, we had an incredible amount of goodwill. So people, bearing in mind this is donations from the general public, um, during sort of those lockdown periods, we raised and spent £1.5 million on food. We started sending out bulk shipments every single week throughout the pandemic. So our first bulk delivery was in April 2020 at Hammersmith and Fulham's uh, temporary home of Kensington Olympia. So if anyone doesn't know where that is, that's a huge exhibition centre in London. This one food bank, to give you an idea of the scale, went from feeding 150 people a week to 1,500 people a week because of COVID. It was like a military operation. So we then made one of our first big bulk deliveries where we sent in over £20,000 worth of stock. We leveraged our buying power with big suppliers. So in lockdown, we started working with Morrison's, with Sainsbury's, with big food suppliers. So our value proposition is such that when people donate, we deliver more than a pound's worth of food because we're buying a wholesale, we're unlocking bulk deliveries. If you think for your own consumption, you're having a party or a gathering, you'd buy multi-packs of things, wouldn't you? You'd buy, you know, buy two for one, four for the price, whatever it is, right? We're doing that at scale. So that first year was you know, truly insane. We had hundreds of people step forward to volunteer for us, which was just amazing to receive that gift. You know, we'd started that year with a business plan and with a sort of, 
you know, uh, wall chart of like, right, these are all the different departments of Banquet. You know, you've got a joint team here, you've got social media, you've got marketing, you've got this, but it's essentially the, the tasks that those teams would do, but with my name by it. And then in that period, it was truly remarkable. People just stepped forward uh, to volunteer. You know, we're a social impact company. M- most of the food banks we support are charities. You know, we are, ourselves aren't a, a charity, but people were very happy to step forward and help us. In the period April to May 2020, we had about 165 people step forward to volunteer right so it's not it's like being gifted the avengers to come and help you <laughs> so uh there are many people that are still with us helping on a voluntary basis and we have a very small team because we're you know we've come a long way very quickly but we've got a very sort of tight revenue structure for ourselves because our heart is to help food banks so that first year is is truly remarkable i don't think i ever forget it um and then in july July 2023, we celebrate uh, four years of banquet. Um, we've seen now nearly three million pounds donated by the platform. We support over 260 food banks across the UK and Ireland. We are now in 96 regions. We have fed nearly a hundred thousand people for a week. We've sent out 2.8 million items. Each one is exactly what a food bank needs. Um, it's been, yeah. It's been a thrilling adventure, to say the least. But sadly, it's going to get worse. So the sort of we're in this position where you know we don't we're having an incredible impact, but the 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 need is so high, and that sometimes that comes can become a bit overwhelming. You know, when you read these stats every day and these reports of like you know one in five people are struggling to pay the bills, nine point two million people are are going hungry millions of children every year, you know, holiday hunger, every school holiday, every Easter, you just see it, you know, the food banks are absorbing that demand. A little break from the show. If you're listening and thinking, I'd love to work for a company like this, the good news is you can. Go and visit www.jobsforgood.io where they only have four good companies on their platform, ranging from social justice to food waste, to climate change and much more. You can filter jobs by impact area, preferred way of working, skill sets, and find the perfect company and position for you. So if you do one thing today, check out www.jobsforgood.io. Now back to the podcast. I mean, it's an incredible journey that you've been on. And, and um, yeah, I mean, you can look at it that way, but you can also look at it if, if Banquet didn't exist, then then we'd be in a much, much worse place because like it, and it's why I love speaking to people like yourself and, and like learning a bit about the business model and the problem you're solving, because like a lot of time there is a way to solve problems and a lot of time tech can, can offer quite a simple solution to a really complex problem. Um, and what you've done is like really smart, but also quite simple at the same time. Like you're, you're helping people actually making it easy for easier for people to donate. They don't actually have to go and travel to a supermarket and go pick up stuff off shelves, but also what's being donated is more effective. They're having a bigger impact because the money's going further, but also it's actually exactly what food banks need, not what the person thinks that a food bank might need. I'm fixing a load of problems with the food bank. Like it's, it's incredible. Um, but so simple. You're like, hear it. And you're like, why is this not existing like 10 years ago? But then, you know, text come a long way. Yeah. Te- the power of technology is, is amazing. Te- big tech has got, had a lot of bad press, hasn't it? Of like all these evil companies. But if it wasn't for, familiar technology that we're applying in a new way then banker wouldn't exist and we wouldn't be able to help people 
So, you, yeah, you, our mission statement there, you've literally listed it back to me, right? <laughs> Make it easy for me to help. When I was when I was at the beginning, I was like, I'm happy to pick this stuff up and I'm sorting it and I'm taking it to the food bank. You know, like, actually, I'm, I'm quite lazy. Make it easy for me to do something. Think about the things you use on your phone every day. You know, Monzo, Deliveroo, you know, whatever it is, Airbnb, anything you're doing, WhatsApp, all of these different things. Any you know, fully commercial company would be like, right, make it really easy, make it really simple, make it look good, and I'll probably do that. If you if you walk down the street and ask most people, do they want to donate to a food bank? Most people say, yeah. You know, we're a nation of of good intentions, right? But then when it comes to it, you're like, I've, oh, I've got to pick the kids up, I've got to do a shop, I'm doing some work, you know. So we we enable food banks to execute on that collective goodwill. And, and that's the thing I suppose would add growth was turbocharged by COVID inevitably. So up and up until COVID, right. The only way you could donate to a food bank was offline was, you know, you're, you're literally doing your weekend, your weekend shop, you drop it in the food bank. Some people do occasionally walk stuff in, but then for us, it was like, you know, it brought technology widespread adoption across many sectors, wasn't it? Most companies are like, right, we've got a remote working policy now. Everyone's on Zoom. For us, it was like, well, we're already bringing about that change. There are lots of, you know, not complexities, but in bank, there's kind of two sides to it, right? So most donors um, are probably more tech savvy, more generally than perhaps most food banks. So there are some food banks that are very forward thinking, are very, open to change and are very up for embracing technology. There are others that aren't um, as forward thinking. And, you know, food banks are, are generally um, do amazing things, but probably as a charity and probably because people didn't think they'd exist for such a long time, they haven't necessarily put technology at the, at the center of their organizations. It's separate for lots of reasons, right? It's, it's sort of been an emergency response a makeshift thing, let's make this work. And then, you know, 15, 20 years later, after the first food bank in the UK, you know, the, the, the digital transformation is now is now being almost forced upon people because of COVID, right? So for me, sitting here, you know, I was worked in the music industry for 10 years, probably all the sectors to be disrupted. That was quite an easy one, wasn't it? If like, you know, I remember the days of Amazon where They'd, they'd list a CD on the website and there's the track listing and, and someone gets posted the CD, right? And there's a pre-order and you could track what's happening. And then they've added every category in the world. You know, it's, now it's become the everything store. You know, everyone everyone on here would obviously know the, the Amazon story, but I was sitting there in those days going, oh, okay, I can see how familiar technology is just making my life easier. And then with digital stuff, we're like, right, you can minimize food waste. If you can minimize food waste, you can feed more people. Um, and then the, the collective buying power, you know, if you said, oh, I'll buy five pounds worth of food, it's great that people do that offline and people should do that if that's the right thing. But we're saying, actually, we can get up to 30% more stuff and it's the right stuff. You know, some food banks, we're sending them thousands of pounds worth of food every week, every single week. Other food banks, we send them stuff once a month. A donor can donate from wherever they are. So for a food bank, we help them increase donations. So we looked at some numbers that said in 2020, right, the average gift for online for food poverty and hunger was £14 per month. But via banquet, that was £29. So we make it easier for a food bank and be like, oh, cool, I don't have to be a tech wizard. I can join banquet 
we have central sort of fundraising, we have a brand, brilliant social media team. We're reaching all of these new donors for people. We reduce waste because a food bank never receives pasta and baked beans unless they've asked us for it, right? So it's actually, they we send a lot of orange juice, we send UHT milk, we send tin tuna, we send toilet rolls. So that that's they only get that stuff. And then for us, we also send it directly to them. So they not only for a donor, you, you can anyone listening to this can donate from wherever you are, and the food bank will then rec- hold that cash, and then we turn it into the right food and send it as required. So it's like home delivery for yourself. You know, you, you often I'm sure a lot of people on here do a, a grocery shop or bought something online. You know, that, that you order at your convenience, don't you? And it gets delivered to you at your convenience. Where you're, if you're at home or your office. We're saying, fine, let's do that then. Let's flip that the other way of going, let's make it as easy to get something food for myself, either that I'm going to cook or I'm going to order in. Why don't we just turn that around and go, okay, I want to make it that easy. So we've applied the aesthetic and the brand values and the execution that you'd find for any you know commercial brand. You know, when we started Banquet, I was looking at brands like Patagonia, Apple, Google, and Nike, because frankly, they're the ones that get your attention. It doesn't matter how noble your cause is, of which there are many. I was like, that's what we're looking at. That's what we need to, we need to be that good because if we're not, we're not going to catch anyone's attention. Um, and then the, then the, 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 the modernization of the supply chain behind it go in. We work with big partners. We've had a lot of support and help from Ocado. Um, we've worked very closely with Morrison's and Sainsbury's. But so if you think about the infrastructure that we have, we say zero waste, we're light touch, we are a consignment based drop ship model. So that means that we don't have our own warehouses, we don't have our own trucks, we leverage existing infrastructure. So, you know, we would send on a weekly basis a large amount of orders. So we gather everyone's money, food banks tell us what they want. We batch create in bulk a load of orders. We then send them to the retailers at head office and those trucks are shipped from across uh, the country. So the technology en- enables that, but also a robust supply chain, which already exists. So if you're listening to this and you're in Manchester or in Dundee, you know, we're not sending a truck from London. That would come from a local distribution center, which we can tap into. So collective buying power, which the crowdsourcing model enables the technology, right? means you know unless an individual donor is going to spend a lot or donate a lot of money they're probably not going to be able to access that network but via banquet we open up huge economies of scale for food banks so food bank knows actually we will work with banquet because we've got nearly 300 food banks so then our buying power increases and we can get better deals with retailers and get better support on stock you know we know every single week what a food bank needs in real time every week they tell us we're then putting that further down the line to, to to our suppliers saying, right, these are the top 10 items that we require. Make sure they're in stock. So then we minimize shrinkage. So that means that when someone orders, like when you used to order something online, you probably all had it on grocery. You know, this has been changed for this. You try and minimize it. That's what we're doing at scale. Yeah. No, it's, it's so, it's so, so smart. And um, I guess coming back to the, the, the point earlier about kind of like trying to meet this increase in demand though obviously this is one part big part of it which is like um the kind of the i guess if you look at the kind of user journey and conversion like you've made it as simple as possible removed all barriers to people being able to donate and also making it as efficient as possible in terms of that system of their food actually then ending up in the food banks but all that needs to happen like you need kind of the top of the funnel conversion point which is like the actually getting the donations in the in the first place and getting more donations each year to to 
to meet up with the demand. What what are you doing from that point? Like, what's when it comes to PR, brand awareness, marketing? Like, what are some of the things that you do, and, and what some of the more, I guess, effective things you do to raise the profile of Banquet and make sure that you know the donations are always coming in and increasing? Hopefully, yeah. I mean, you've you've touched on one of our biggest uh, challenges there, which is uh, raising awareness of the problem um, and our solution. Right. So during during COVID and lockdowns, almost every single week, there was a headline about food banks and everyone went into a a, a beautiful mindset in some ways of like, oh, I want to help others. There's a need. Now, right, food bank use and hunger is a a bigger problem than it was at the height of COVID, right? So there are an estimated 14.5 million people in the UK living in poverty and there are 4 million people, 4 million of that is children, right? So that's Joseph Roundsridge stats for the end of last year. So 14.5 million people getting cut through in terms of brand marketing and PR is, is a huge priority for us. Cause when people, when people realized in COVID how horrible the problem was, people's beautiful response was, I'm going to donate and I'm going to help. So for now we've had an, an incredible amount of support. We've um, been fortunate to have uh, a commons agency in London that's helped us on a pro bono, ben, pro bono basis in terms of our marketing and our PR. We've had a lot of uh, national um, radio and press coverage, which has been incredible. So I suppose Banquet, and we've touched on this a little bit, of like if Banquet is a good news story within um, within the chaos, right? So we're working towards a, a UK where there are, actually are no food banks. That's what we'd love. And we think we're crazy enough to think that's possible. And the, there is enough food for people, but it comes down to distribution. So when 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 the COVID uh, situation hit, right, what happened is the the food supply chain just went just crumbled because people overbought. There's always enough food in the UK, but the distribution of it just wasn't effective enough. So our biggest challenge is is raising the awareness, keeping it front of mind for people, because then we can be more effective. You know, banquet has come a heck of a long way very quickly, but we're only getting started. So the, the, the achievements of the team are to be celebrated, you know, 10 food banks in 2019 to close to 300 now, yeah. you know, nearly 3 million pounds donated by the platform. Sometimes I read these numbers, I'm like, oh my goodness, like that we have an incredible team that have executed on this, which has been amazing. Um, getting more awareness and cut through working with uh, a multitude of influencers over the time has been amazing. You know, I suppose there's lots of different things about, within this about perhaps donor donor fatigue, cost of living stuff has hit everyone, hasn't it? Of like, you know, people like, oh, I can't donate anymore. You know, it, 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 it banquet will work and be effective at scale where it's like everyone giving a little bit. So if everyone here was giving 20 quid a month, of course, it's brilliant when more generous donors give loads. So our highest single one-off donation by an individual is, is £10,000, which is amazing. But actually... If everyone just gave, you know, a five or a week, 20 quid a month, we'd have enough food to, to feed millions of people. So, but we need to continue to innovate. You know, we've, we've done some simple things very well, but we're just, we're literally just getting started uh, in what I think we can achieve. Definitely. And, and one thing I wanted to come back to you mentioned earlier in passing was that, um, Banquet isn't a charity, which I think if people, I heard what you do. They probably assume that you would be. I just wonder if you could explain a bit about kind of like, I think you're a limited company, right? Like where you, why you've gone for that structure, what that allows you to do over if you had gone down like the charity route and I guess like how Banquet then makes money. Yeah. So at the very beginning, it was a sort of, um, it was more 
the light bulb moment, I suppose, was like, you know, why isn't there an online food bank? Why can't I give food to those people that need it? Then the mechanism for doing that is helping your food bank become more effective. And so whilst we're a charitable heart, we're essentially, we are a tech company. We're tech for good. So we've got technology that we're making for the donor. So you as a donor, we do make it easier for you to, to do that. So that's what we would refer to as our donor product. I suppose we're a digital product company on one level. So that means the donor product is, you know, you can go onto your phone and you can donate to any food bank you wish or make a general donation. Um, however you want most people use their mobile phone and then we have the food bank software which we um create for food banks so that that is our own proprietary tech that's truly unique we're the first of our kind now we are the uk's first zero waste food donation platform and so the mindset was was well that's that's a tech company whilst we have a, a charitable heart i suppose we're you know we're trying to do a good thing you know banquet will only make a lot of money if we've helped a lot of people <laughs> so it's we've probably to our detriment we've been we charge 7.5 percent of the donations that we bring in to um help um our cover our costs even though we're a company as i mentioned in uh lockdown we've been very clear about that people are happy to donate their time and skills because we're a social impact company um yeah so it's kind of also, if we had been a charity, I suppose we'd been in, we would be inviting people to donate to us. When actually, we don't want to do that. We want to say, "You're a donor. We want you to donate to a food bank because that helps someone." So, possibly to our detriment in terms of what money we've received for ourselves. But actually, that is the heart of what we're doing. Our mission is to get food banks what they need when they need it, and make it easier for you to give as a donor to a food bank. As, you know, and your point about simplicity. That's what we're doing. You go onto the website, it's like, actually, we want you to give to a food bank. And if we're effective at doing that, and we onboard lots of food banks, and we drive lots of donations, then we'll get the reward for doing that. You know, we're a long way off <laughs> making, uh, yeah, we're becoming sustainable. So if there are thousands and thousands of food banks, banquets revenue, of course, will in, would increase, but we'd need to resource a team to get there. So we have a very small team. So we have... Myself and one other who are uh, uh, a full time we have a number of sort of freelancers and um, contractors working on sort of part time. A number of people are able to do uh, support us on a pro bono basis, which is incredible. So yeah, we, I think I'm comfortable. I think you know, we are a tech company. We're tech for good. I mean, the, the high level one would, I suppose, would be just giving, wouldn't it? You know, they they have enabled people to give hundreds of millions of pounds to charity and they and they take a fee for doing it i suppose we're sort of saying well actually whilst we're collecting money we're turning that into food and there's clear value uh, across there which we're releasing so you as a donor you know you can you can't buy you can buy stuff at wholesale price if you want to spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds a month but we, we not only have we made it easier we've made your impact way more effective so a donor can the ease of from your mobile phone always donating the right stuff and more of the right stuff to someone else. So, you know, we live in the age of convenience, don't you? Any, anyone doing anything in the online space, any whatever organisation you're doing, make it easy for me to get involved with what you're doing. So Banquet makes a huge impact for uh, for the donor. Yeah. No, I think it's my favourite impact business model is like the four 
purpose and for profit because I, I think it, it means as a business you're more resilient hopefully profitable so you can stand on on like your own two feet if if you need to and 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 yeah, weather yeah. things down the line but also actually if you tie for like every pound that we make it it contributes like it equates to this amount of positive impact in the world whatever problem you're solving that's a win-win that's a scalable business model and scalable impact model um which for me is like the, the way you want to be exactly if we if we're not effective at what we say we're going to do then we won't make any money for ourselves so it's like we're almost incentivized to do that of like okay well we will become as I mean, we'll make it as easy as if, we can for you to donate because when you donate we take our tiny percentage of it right if we onboard more food banks and more people today then we can we want to be sustainable because then that means more money goes to the charities and more money helps more people right so i, I think it's 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 the right way for us we're a tech we're a tech company we can continue to innovate we're fully independent yeah and um, one question for you come back to your point about you know you full-time part-time people volunteers um it's a, it's a lot of different people to kind of like coordinate and juggle and and when i look to the business and like the open roles you have like they're all over the uk it's not like you're all kind of based around the same kind of area you're really spread out how do you run an operation? Because obviously you've created loads of efficiencies through the platform and what you're doing for your you know, customers, the donors and the, and the food banks. But internally, like, how do you manage that? Like if you've constantly got different volunteers coming in, you have some people part-time, like just from an operational perspective, like how do you make sure that it's as efficient as possible internally? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> it's certainly been a challenging uh, few years. We had some incredible people um, whom... Uh, have been part of the banquet story as a, a, a lady uh, called Leanne here. She'll probably get a bit of a, a shout out. So she personally onboarded 165 people in the space of about six weeks in wow. lockdown. So there are lots of ideas coming out of my mind about, oh, wouldn't it be good if we had a team of people doing this? Oh, how about we do this? We had amazing people sort of, it's miraculous in some ways, had so many people step forward. They'd seen the brand. So um, a testament to Naomi, Naomi Ellis and Geraldine and Mary and Catherine who have built and continue to talk about our brand in amazing ways. So I suppose people resonate with what we're doing and we had so many people step forward. We're fully set up to be remote, to be fully digital. So back in the end of 2019, we were already using Slack. We we're already using um, Zoom. We we're already using packages like notion were already good to go so that our model then lends itself to widespread mass digital workforce i suppose so we, we didn't obviously think at the beginning of 2020 all oh, right there'll be you know 200 people working at banquet in the next couple of months of course we didn't but i suppose the model of working that we'd set up and yeah we're bootstrapping a startup so it wasn't like we have an office i happen to work in a co-working space now because i suppose a lot of people yeah, in COVID, I was like, oh, there's only so much I can work at home. So I I choose to go and work in a co-working space, which is around the corner from me uh, in Hackney. Um, but the rest of the team is fully remote. So the other other full-time person, Lawrence, he chooses to work at home in London. We catch up every six or seven weeks in, in person, more on the on relational side. But everyone else is fully remote, which means um, we can have... Um, a huge impact and i suppose that opens up lots of different opportunities to um to to recruit loads of different people because it means that no one has to be in london people can just open up their laptop and they can start helping from wherever they are so i suppose 
banquet lends itself to people that are more digitally savvy, I suppose, you know, but that means a broad range of people from a broad range of skill sets. So when, when we erupted in COVID, I found myself, you know, I'm, I'm 43, but I found myself with people who are way more experienced coming forward in their careers saying, I've got some time. I love what you're doing. How can I help? So for me personally, that's amazing. Leaning, leaning on more experienced people. And sometimes it can be lonely, uh, running, running something like this. I'm thankful for an amazing, um, senior team around me. And then you have loads of people who are in their twenties. Like at one point we had, you know, three or four people per social media challenge. And you sort of go on this journey when you're a founder, right? Of and maybe me personally of like struggling perfectionism of everything's got to be perfect. And I sort of had to make these decisions within COVID of like, if I don't let go of stuff, bearing in mind, I was the bottleneck for everything, right? So onboarding a new food bank, I was doing that. Making an order for a food bank, I was doing that. My dad was helping do that at the beginning. You know, it's like all this stuff happening. And I was like, if I don't get out of the way of this and give other people passwords for things and trust them and give them the confidence to, for them to go and do their best work, then we're not going to be able to to do it. So it's on one, one sense, it was scary. I suppose in COVID, it grew so quickly that we're like, okay, let's just, just help people. And nothing is perfect. We didn't have, we had enough going on to know what we wanted to do. We had a functional website. We talked to some suppliers. We kind of done enough where we knew kind of what we were doing, but we weren't so set in our ways that, oh, this has to be done like this. So, so many things changed so quickly. It was, it was remarkable. And that's thanks to so many people that have been part of that. You know, so many people stepping forward to help with what was in their hands of like, right, I can do digital marketing. Can I help you? Yes, absolutely. Go and do that. I'm good at this. I want to go and do this. And we sort of, I had to let go of a lot of things and just trust that people would, would do it. And I think it's, you know, lots of people within banquet still haven't met. <laughs> so we're going to try and do some uh, team drinks in a few months time, but some people genuinely have been helping us for a couple of years still haven't met because we were dotted all about the country. So I think, you know, remote first and whatever bu- buzzwords you want to throw in my virtue of what we do, we are that. And it's always, it's always so humbling and amazing where people go, oh, I love what you're doing. I want to help. So, you know, my sincere thanks to everybody who is, currently part of the team and has been because we wouldn't have been able to do it without you and imagine starting there at the beginning of 2020 going here's my idea if only had all these people here and then being gifted that it's just amazing it's amazing i went from you know a solo entrepreneur to suddenly we're having team calls in different departments with 30 people on each call it's certainly been the growth curve of my life that's for sure like starting a business you think it's a that is very challenging on one level. It's one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it's been a personal growth curve like no other. You know, that time in lockdown up until now, it hasn't, it's, it's forever. It's, it's something that will always be with me forever. And you know, I'm so proud of and thankful that everyone has been involved in what, what we've been able to achieve. No, it is, it is so powerful. And that's why I love working in this space um, because I, I think people like yourself, but also companies like yourself. And when you have a really powerful mission, it will naturally attract great people. Great people want to be using their skills and time to do good in the world. Um, and I think it's only going to increase in terms of that's the way like the talent market is going, is, is going to be working um, in, in impact. Um, well, um, in terms of last couple of questions from me, um, I know you mentioned like the long-term goal, which one of my questions was, was like, you know, success for you would be where there are no longer food banks in the UK. They're just not required. 
in terms of like what you're doing over the next year or two to to work towards that like is it it sounds like it's very much a uk focused like plan what what are some of the big things you, you've got planned within the company over the next year or two yeah we'll continue to grow and and continue to foster that spirit of innovation and collaboration so you've mentioned on that it's really true we've had incredibly high caliber people want to help what we're doing that's always been the heart of banquet when we started right collaboration let's work with big businesses who have a brilliant supply chain of supplying food to people why would you want to do why would you want to create that ourselves right <laughs> It would just use that. Let's work with governments. Let's work really closely with food banks. Let's really work closely with brilliant people who want to do stuff. Because if we do that together, we'll have amazing things happen. Um, you know, the thing to remember is that in the UK, there are now more McDonald's than there are food banks. So think about that. You can see if, if you know, if a McDonald's on the, on every flipping corner, we could, um, probably go into other territories. If you think about, what banquet is if you took you know five steps back banquet could say well we've actually just run a pilot here in the uk so we have looked at other territories that's something that in years to come i suspect would we would want to explore with partners uh, if anyone's listening to this and wants a conversation about that we'd be looking for strategic partners maybe some of the team would be able to do that so if you think about banquet's ability to execute is not based upon whether the most hungry people we would need an addressable um, donor base and the infrastructure by which we can execute. So the UK, there are lots of people, high phone, high, you know, we're a wealthy country. There's high smartphone and internet penetration, but there's always a, but there's also a robust supply chain of food retailers and suppliers. So actually for banquet, it wouldn't be let's go and expand to Bangladesh or sub-Saharan Africa because we wouldn't be able to, because we need partnerships in order to execute that. But we might say, actually, a country like America, where sadly that is also one of the wealthiest countries in the world, but that also has a horrible food problem as well in the lockdowns. And now we could see there's more, there are 500 food banks, for example, just in the state of New York. So you think about what banquet has pioneered here in the UK. You could probably see there's two people like us having a conversation, probably in New York going, okay, how do we help a local food bank? It's the home of Uber, high concentrated people. So on one level, lots of people that are able to donate. On another, sadly, lots of people that need food, but the infrastructure to to uh, execute is there, isn't it? You know, it's Target and Walmart in America. So however, doing that, my team will shoot me, suggesting we're going to do that anytime soon is probably <laughs> unrealistic. You know, we've, we've just started in the UK, you know, nearly a million people in the last year used a food bank for the first time. We, I think we were just getting started here. You know, we're approaching 300 food banks uh, here. We have other plans um, to make our impact even greater uh, this year and beyond. So we want to get to the point where we perhaps have 2,000 food banks using Banquet and all of the things then that we've discussed. We can further reduce waste. We can buy more food and we can feed more people. So I think whilst we've come an incredible distance and it's to be celebrated, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a great amount of decline here in the UK at the minute. Um, but yeah, we'd love to talk to anyone who wants to be part of our story here. Please get in touch. Or if you're uh, listening from another territory and what we're doing resonates, then we'd love to have a conversation as well. Hundred um, percent. And then I think we've probably got time for one last question. So I'm going to skip to one of the, the the last ones I had, which was um, 
I noticed earlier this year you had the opportunity, I think, to meet the monarch. Uh, you met King Charles, I believe. Um, just wondered if you could explain a little bit about kind of how that came about, what the experience was like. What, was it a very quick handshake <laughs> or did you get a chance to speak to him at all? No, I did. So I kindly got invited to a special advent service um, at the back end of last year, which was hosted by the Archbishop of Canterbury. And it later transpired that His Majesty uh, would be there. So it was a huge honour and one that I will never forget. And yes, I did have a, a chance to have a little chat to him. Um, when I met him, he said he'd heard of Banquet. And I replied, "That's." he had said, I've, I've heard of Banquet, Robin, what a brilliant idea. To which I replied, thank you, Majesty. Tried not to get uh, too excited. He's very passionate about solving uh, food poverty. So he's made some very kind donations to other organisations. He made a very kind donation to to Food Banks via our platform. And he also brought some very specific donations um, to the to the to the service, which we then gave to food banks on our platform. So he has his own food range, I'm sure people are aware. So we had this surreal moment where our team was emailing the palace, uh, telling them exactly what uh, was required because we have that data. And so yeah, I, I arrived um at King's Cross Church in London, where where I'm part of the the community to find three specific bags of donations from his majesty uh, only moments before meeting uh, the man himself. So I, I, yeah, so it was a complete honor. Love meeting him. I was struck by how genuine he was. I felt like I got a bit more airtime with him because he did care about what we're doing. That zero waste resonated with him. He's aware of what the model does. And yeah, we're very thankful for the kind uh, donation that he made, which enabled us to buy uh, food for for food banks on the platform. Yeah, such such an incredible moment. Not not that you need any validation like that, but um, I don't think it's much higher in terms of um, you know, the monarch of a country recognizing the good work you're doing and, and contributing to it. And um, come back to some of the points earlier, that must be great as well from like a PR and awareness perspective to have like someone like that endorsing what you're doing. So yeah, yeah, that must be a massive moment. It was huge. It's one that I'll never forget. Um, and yeah, I suppose I, I am just the front man on behalf of many brilliant people that are part of the banquet story. They know who they are. And so, yeah, it's a huge honor and testament to a lot of people's work and energy, right? So you, you, you've seen what we achieve and there's so many people behind this, the, the scenes that, um, that make that happen. 100%. Cool. Well, Robin, I think that's probably our time up, but, um, just to kind of close things out, I guess for, for anyone listening that's able to like, please go to the banquet website. I'll, I'll put the link in the, the show notes, but it's www.banquet.co.uk forward slash give now, um, to donate. Um, in terms of following banquet and the good work you're doing on like socials, Robin, where, where are you most active? Uh, we're on all the platforms. So on Instagram, we're at banquet. That's B A N K U E T. On Twitter, we are Banquet UK and we're on Facebook. Please do uh, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a share. If you're able to donate, as, as Craig said there, it's Banquet, B-A-N-K-U-E-T dot credit UK forward slash give now. Uh, please, uh, if you're able to donate, do. But if you're not, that's okay. Please just uh, spread the word is equally of, of importance as well. There you go. Awesome. Well, Robin, look, it's been such a pleasure. Thanks again for agreeing to come on the show and um, honestly, wish you all the best and looking forward to seeing what Banquet did in the next couple of years. Cool. Lovely to meet you and thank you so much for inviting me on. I really enjoyed it. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe and leave a review. Better yet, tell a friend about the show. The more people we can get involved, the more hope we have for making the world a better place. 
This episode was brought to you by Craig Turner, produced by Jabril Al-Sahami and sponsored by Jobs for Good. Until next time.